Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am delighted that you are here. Thank you for giving me. Uh, if Sean's on 10 minutes, at least he says it's 10 minutes. If not, your 15 to 20 to 30 minutes of your time to listen to us chew on God's word. We do this about twice a week, bring a guest on in hopes to encourage, edify, challenge, maybe even admonish. Not you personally, because I don't know you and I don't know who's listening to this podcast, but the Lord does. <laughs> this week, we have Lewis Heindalt with us. Hello, Lewis. Hey, Chris. <laughs> It changes every time. Every I don't think time. I've had the same nickname. <laughs> Nobody else is that way. Just you. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if I'm honored or... Yeah. <laughs> he who has hear, ears, let him hear. Yeah, let the reader understand. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Interpret that as you will. <laughs> Lou, I'm delighted to have you here. Oh, thanks, Chris. I always enjoy having you on the podcast. I'm glad to be here. Like it's my humble abode that I'd yeah. like invite you into. I'm in your office yeah. on your couch. That's true. Surrounded by my beautiful plants. Yeah. And these UV lamps that Are they shine brightly. There? No, they're all right. Okay. The sun is brighter. So Yeah. Listener. Lou's going to tell <laughs> us what he's been chewing on. And I'm excited. So Lou, what oh, have you been chewing on? What are you yeah. coming with? Well, uh, yeah. So... Uh, I've been reading a book lately, which has just been causing me to think and been really enjoying it. Um, the book is called The Epic of Eden. and um, E-P-I-C, not ethic. Not ethic. Because every time ethic. you say it, I think ethic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is not like a moral philosophy. This is like an epic, like a, the story. Like Gilgamesh. Yeah. Or Hercules or... yeah. Yeah, or the Bible. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> um, <I'm> foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, no, this is um, called the Epic of Eden, and uh, it seeks to um, it seeks to help us understand Scripture better by looking at the historical context, what mm -hmm. we would call the ancient Near Eastern context. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so. You can call uh, that Annie or Ain, depending on your yeah. preference. Yep. A-N-E, Ancient Near Eastern. <laughs> yep. And this would put scripture in the time and place, uh -huh. surrounded by the cultures it was surrounded by, as a helpful lens for yeah. understanding and interpreting scripture. Yeah. I mean, uh, a great way to think about this is the Bible was not written in English. <sighs> like it was not given to us by God in English. It was written, I thought it was written here in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, you know, written Old Testament in Hebrew um, and the New Testament in Greek mm -hmm. and Aramaic. And so, and then we have thus translated it into our language. But the whole idea was just that that's a small example mm -hmm. that it was originally in a different context, a different culture. And so, as such, God communicated to those people in a unique way, one of those being Hebrew and Greek, but then also used their concepts to convey truths. And primarily, how is he, God, mm -hmm. relating to humanity? Mm -hmm. But he's using those images, those concepts that would have been native to an ancient Near Eastern person, right. as opposed to 
an American in the 21st century in the West. So just to break this down and make this palatable. Yeah. How could this go wrong for somebody who's not considering the context in which scripture is written? Yeah. Great question. Well, um, for example, like I think an extreme example, and you saw this, we've seen this in our own history in America, but like back in the Civil War, and you had certain people in a culture that accepted slavery mm-hmm. and treated humans based on their color as property, mm-hmm. and they would use um, scripture as like um, um, a foundation defense. or support defense. Mm-hmm for that simply because it was a part of their accepted culture back then. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but no, everybody's made in the image of God. They're not property. So, so if you're, if you're not, um, trying to be cognizant of your culture and then, uh, I think it's beneficial then to look back at their culture to see, okay, what are the differences here? Um, and how does this help me to be a more faithful follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's just, that's like one, I think ex- extreme example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it helps put it in our realm a little bit more. Most people, mm-hmm. most God fearing people, I would hope are probably not trying to make a defense for slavery from <laughs> at least not in this day and age. Yeah. yeah mo- most people. <laughs> yeah. No. But like we transpose a lot of our ideas about like, prospering and and um capitalism or yeah for sure you know the way that we value um goods and services or people Mm -hmm. and hard work we kind of can sometimes have a tendency to go reverse fit those onto scripture yeah so like another example and this one is more subtle but i think it's still important um when jesus says that he goes to prepare a place for us Mm -hmm. with the father and, you know, my mind immediately goes back to the audio adrenaline song. What, what is that? Is it just Father's House? Come and go with me to Father's House. Yeah. <laughs> peeping house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we can interpret that as like, oh, I'm going to have a mansion when I get to My heaven. little McMansion. Yeah. Depending on how good I did here on earth. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Sorry to say that's like a Western consumeristic cultural assumption that I don't get my mansion. (laughs) You're sorry, Chris, (laughs) that we are importing onto the biblical text. Really that conveys the whole idea of a relationship because one of the things that was really important to that cultural context was patriarchy Mm -hmm. and the, the male was the central figure mm-hmm. of the family. And if you didn't have a male, either um, a husband or sons, your family dissolved. Like mm. no no man, no family. And so, um, but what that means is, is that when the, um, the man would marry the wife, they would bring them back. The, the wife would leave their family and come to be with the the husband's mm-hmm. family. And there's this idea too that within the patriarchy, it's the whole idea of redeeming and protecting. And yeah. so redeeming is the idea of like gaining, can it convey the idea of gaining back, mm-hmm. right? And so what Jesus is saying is, no, you're not gonna get a mansion, but you're coming back and I'm restoring the relationship that you have with yeah. the father and there's room 
for everybody. Yeah, that safety, security, identity. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, and that's coincidentally another reason why in New Testament we're called brothers and sisters because we're part of the family of God, God being our patriarch, our mm-hmm. father. And it is his duty, responsibility, self-imposed to to redeem us, to protect us, um, to provide for us mm-hmm. and give us identity. Yeah. Because the patriarch in that culture did provide identity mm-hmm. for the family, right? Okay, next question. Can can looking through scripture like this lens, uh, through this lens, does that give us permission to just decide the parts of scripture we don't like were just contextual and so we don't have to take them seriously? I know um, there's, that's a loaded question. There's, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of ways that could go. <laughs> take well, it how you will. <laughs> I think regardless... If you study um, ancient cultures or not, the human being is really good at justifying just about anything. Yeah. So if you have an assumption that you want to justify, you can do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if that's that's necessarily a a um, um, a like problem that's unique, native. Unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, like I'm just thinking back on you know, uh, like philosophy and those sorts of things, we're just really good at rationalizing whatever, mm-hmm. man. And um, and we can use the tool of culture or not. Um, rarely are we as rational as we think we are. <laughs> um, I have so many images right now. Like <laughs> somebody furiously typing on a keyboard, like actually... <laughs> I am rational. (laughs) And as a person who likes to think of them as rational, I would totally agree with you. Yeah. I tend to be a lot more emotional than I'm inclined to desire to be. For sure. (laughs) Or swayed by the undercurrents of our culture. Like I, I just, yeah, I think it can be dangerous to not realize that, that aspect of humanity. Uh, Psalm 14, I think says the fool says in his heart, there's no God. And I understand in that language that there was no concept of like mind. Mm-hmm. You know, Descartes the, was still centuries away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no like demarcation between that, but at the same time there, I think there's something that um, is to be said for what we want to believe to be true. We can find answers and supporting mm-hmm. reason for that. So right. um, ideally, yes, we would all want to follow the truth. Um, just like, and simple but yeah yeah so where does someone begin to start unweaving a culture that doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. and we're not a part of Mm -hmm. and we'll probably never have any kind of well we won't have any kind of at least immediate firsthand experience with this yeah well that's a great question um frankly the i mean the book that i'm reading i mean it just Mm -hmm. comes by i mean maybe this is kind of like a silly answer i think it just comes by like anything else like like how do i learn math well pick up a math book yeah or talk to somebody um so like this is actually like a really great introduction because Mm -hmm. it talks about um the patriarchal culture and then it um if if you're looking for like an overview because sometimes we can just think man like the bible is just a whole bunch of jumbled stories that i know like there's got to be some like unifying principle Mm -hmm. and then there's jesus and then there's like 
the New Testament. Yeah. But like the whole, like, and a lot, a lot of the Old Testament, you're like, man, what's what's the connections here? Like what's the timeline? All yeah. the sorts of stuff. A lot of weird stuff happening. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and we don't, we lack the hooks to hang our ideas and our thoughts and, and mm. then to create a unified picture. Um, this book does a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very like user friendly. It talks about five main figures within the old Testament and how God related to them and how that leads to Christ. Um, and it, and it really just does, does a good job. Um, and even somebody who's not like, I struggled in my undergrad with like, um, uh, like dates and geography, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's really not as complicated or scary as it, as it seems, you know? Um, so anyways, I would suggest the Epic of Eden mm-hmm. is a good one for sure. Yeah. And if you're looking, I mean, there's probably on a spectrum, but sure. you could probably find more academic or less academic, like for historical sure. background books. Yeah of like what was going on in Jesus' yep. time and here's the cultures or the religions or yeah. the normal things yep. you'd expect to see. Yeah. And that's like when you're in a hermeneutics class, which is a fancy word for like, how do you interpret scripture? Mm-hmm. There's various things that you're given. So there's like principles, let scripture interpret scripture, um, more clear passages interpreting less clear passages, all these kind of things. But there's also a whole handful of um, resources and tools that you're given. And mm-hmm. one of those is like Bible handbooks or Bible dictionaries or. Yeah. Which are um, illustrated a lot of times. So if you're like me pictures. and you can't read <laughs> pictures, boom, I know what's happening now. You love to read. <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. Chris. <laughs> yeah. So th- there's, there's any, I mean, looking at your desk, you have. Oh, I do. <laughs> the Bible knowledge commentary. It's literally staring at me in the face. The new Unger's Bible dictionary, all men of the Bible, all women of the Bible. There you go. So, yeah. I didn't plant those there. Those, <laughs> no, you didn't. They're those have been there. sitting there for a while. Yeah. So, and there's really no reason that we, anybody in our present day and age, couldn't avail of them, avail themselves of these resources. Mm-hmm. You know. Good um, use of avail. Thanks, man. That was, that gave me kind of chills. Did it? I, no, wow. but I felt good. Well, I liked hearing it. <laughs> 300 years ago, you would have had an ex- excuse to not like want to be able mm-hmm. to pick these things up. But now it's like, you can get it for free on Logos. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Free book of the month every month. Is there a free book of the month? Yeah. Are they good books? Um, some of the times. Yeah, book. I get like FF Bruce commentaries and oh, okay. stuff that I like. Yeah. Yeah. FF mm-hmm. Bruce is great. Mm-hmm. Like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Use him in my coursework. Yeah. One of the first textual critics. Anyways. <laughs> 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 yeah, I find just anecdotally in my own life that uh, and we were talking about this before, just a lot of the, um, a lot of the punch gets put into what scripture is describing for us and mm-hmm. the narrative that is unfolding and mm-hmm. the real impact can be, um, I don't want to call it lackluster. It feels a little disrespectful, but mm-hmm. it can just lack the oomph that when you realize the nuances sometimes that are present, mm-hmm. that just on a surface level reading, you wouldn't have, Mm-hmm. you go, holy moly, this mm-hmm. was so much more uh, substantial or, or impactful than, than I knew to even consider it to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So just another example that comes to mind, if you're, um, okay, so um, Old Testament, ancient Near Eastern context, and you have patriarchy, right? 
So, mm-hmm. and in that culture, the wife, when she married the husband, would would leave her um, her father's household. Mm-hmm. Um, her what they would in Hebrew would be Beit Av, house of my father or mm-hmm. house of the father, and she would she would now be in part of this new household with her husband and his family. But it's really interesting in Genesis two twenty four that passage, which then um, gets repeated in Ephesians five, um, that the, uh, the husband should um, leave and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. Mm-hmm. Right. It's interesting that the Bible says that the husband should leave um, his father and mother and cleave. It's not saying that the wife, which would, that is the cultural norm. norm. Yeah. Um, and, um, in that sense, it's actually the, the idea is the same cross to some degree cross culturally, mm-hmm. right? That two are becoming one and we get that, but we, we lack somewhat of a punch that the Bible is to them. It would have been like, Oh, like it would have had a way more of a cultural Why is she not leaving and cleaving impact. Mm-hmm. Right. And, what it's saying is that no longer husband, no longer are your most important relationships, your father's household. Mm-hmm. No, your most important relationship is the relationship to your wife mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, um, and we would agree with that mm-hmm. in the, in, in our yep. culture too. But yeah, you're right. That some, some of those things lack the punch. Um, and I think subsequently some of that meaning too. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think this is an example, considering the fact that the husband is like Christ mm-hmm. in some form or function, um, an image of Christ coming to mm. his bride, mm. coming to mankind, descending in the incarnation versus leaving her here because she can't come to him, cleave to him? Mm. Is there a mechanic, not a mechanic, just a, a an image or shadow in there, you think? Yeah, I can maybe. Yeah, I could I could see that. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This whole idea of of Christ coming to us then to take us back. Mm-hmm. See a definite similarity there for sure. Yeah. Look at that. Look at you. Bible scholars. Bible scholars. Both I of was us. just thinking that. <laughs> one not one flesh. One mind. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um Bible, Bible knowledge, ancient Near Eastern uh, backgrounds are not just for Bible nerds. You can really benefit from these things and they can yeah. add a real context for you to mm-hmm. appreciate. And I find that some of these are, you know, there's lots of things out there's lots of mechanics at work that have to be considered. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we hit it on the head, it's like finding a treasure and it like sinks into our brain mm-hmm. in a different way. I think mm-hmm. it's like an aha moment where you go, Oh, mm. ah, yeah. very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that, that often helps me to remember and recall and apply things in scripture differently mm-hmm. than it would have before. So for sure, um, stuff is readily available to you guys and yeah, you would be very blessed to, to take some time and dedicate yourself to, learning a little bit about whatever book you're in, you yeah. know, what's the backdrop for Esther or for John yeah. or mm-hmm. so all and those I, things can help. And I'm doing this on audiobook too. Whoa. Yeah. That's, 
that actually, I'm not being um, hyperbolic. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with audiobooks, especially when I'm trying to learn something. So that's oh, impressive. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've actually found that. Um, so back when I was in middle school, uh-huh. I, so I used to do art. I used to like draw and stuff. I'm an artist, Lou. You, you are an artist. I just doodle. <laughs> we are worlds apart. Everyone's an artist. <laughs> just like everyone's a theologian. Um, but in, or, in order to... see Sproul plug. I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was thinking of A.W. Tozer. Oh, does he have a quote like that? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, which, okay. Uh, <laughs> back on topic, kind of. Back in middle school, mm-hmm. um, in order to keep myself engaged with what the teacher was talking about, I would doodle and I would like, I would draw mm-hmm. what the teacher was talking about. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually started doing that again. And so if you look on my, I'm going to show you, Chris. I see that, like little infographics and stuff. Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of like drawings and stuff. And that, so what I'll do is sometimes as I'm listening to the audiobook, I'll like doodle. Or if, um, like afterwards, mm-hmm. I'll doodle. So if you're an, for one, if you're an audio learner, audiobooks are great. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you only have like one way of learning. It's not just through reading. It's true. But then, uh, if you fancy drawing a little bit, it does help quite a bit. And, and it can do a stick man. Anybody yeah. can do a stick man. You have to be an, a skilled artist yeah. to accomplish this. But yeah, so think about it, like, the Bible project. Mm-hmm. That's very much yeah, along the super same. Super fun hand-drawn illustrations. The same vein. Um, C.S. Lewis also on YouTube has a lot of his philosophical Christian apologetic books illustrated on a chalkboard. Oh, cool. Yeah, those are really fun. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, anywho. And so uh, you actually turned me on to this app called Scribd. Oh yeah, you you've been using Scribd. I've been S C R I B D. I don't. What's like? What is that and short for? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm always reminded of like a scribe. Yeah, scribed. Uh, scribed. What's his name? Something the Scrivener. What was his name? Do you know what I'm talking about? I use an app called Scrivener oh, for like nope. writing. But totally different. Yeah. So, but anyway, so it's, um, if you do Scribd, it's on that. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Of audiobooks. And so and like 200 saved books on there. Yeah. Over 200. That's great. So, so yeah. So that's an app and it's a, we're not sponsored, but it's a pretty, I know we should be sponsored. It's pretty cheap monthly price and you've got unlimited <laughs> yeah. audiobooks. This does feel like an ad at this point. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like Amazon, you're paying for these tokens that you then redeem and then you got to buy more tokens. You don't have to. I have to. And then Amazon owns the audio. I don't actually, I'm getting, (laughs) yeah, you're getting (laughs) out of control. (laughs) You could also listen via audible via Amazon or there's other, there's other avenues. The point being audiobooks are great. If you're an audio learner. Yep. Yep. And this book is available on script. So, (laughs) or your local bookstore. (laughs) All right. Before we have any bookstores anymore, uh, tsunami books, Oh no, I was in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tsunami books over mm-hmm. on Willamette. Willamette. Yep. I've been in there a couple times. I don't think I've ever stepped foot. Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, before this uh, episode completely falls apart, uh, listener, I think that it hopefully is clear by this point, what benefit is offered to you when you 
when you really strive to understand who was writing these books, what informed them as people, what images are they drawing on? What are some of the things that God intended to say and communicate based off of the context that the the recipients were originally in? Because it, like Lou said, it wasn't written in the 21st century in America. So um, something that can provide better understanding to us about God and ourselves and his redemptive plan is something that we should all strive to understand better. So don't miss out on the opportunity you have to glorify God in that way. And as always, until next time, we'll get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. Disciples.